We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Tuesday edition of the Field of 68's Best Best Podcast and Best Bets live stream. My name is Rob Doster. The other gentleman you see on the screen right there is the one and only Jeffrey Goodman. Uh, if you are listening to this in the podcast apps, give us one second as we allow the feed to populate. Jeffrey, I just hit that retweet button. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Got a, uh, what do we got today? Today's kind of a, a little bit of a slower day. It, it's kind of weird though. You look through the slate for tonight and it hit me that all the mids and lows all play in the weekend. They all play back-to-back games. If it hit me today that it's like all high majors, which mm-hmm. is, it's just so strange. It's not a ton of games, but it's, it's a ton of the, uh, power five and, and or six, uh, games, you know, conference games. So I, I think it's it's kind of cool. Uh, we got the, our first net rankings yesterday. That was exciting, wasn't it? <laughs> Almost as exciting as getting the uh, the notification bell in the middle of a live stream. It is what it is. We, you got to uh, <laughs> you got you got you got to embrace the nonsense from uh, from from Jeff Goodman. Um, all right. So before we get into tonight's slate, uh, we do have to talk a little bit about what happened last night. Um, Maryland, Indiana, uh, Indiana won. Trey Jackson Davis looked awesome. My biggest takeaway was both of those teams are kind of not very good. Yeah, I mean, at least Indiana has a star. And if they can get better guard play, and they were without Armand Franklin, he got hurt early mm-hmm. in the game. So that I think that affected him. I, I think Indiana is like, you know, a 10 seed at the end of the day because of the strength of the Big Ten, and they're going to get enough opportunities, and they're going to get enough wins, especially at home that they'll be okay. Now, again, they get hurt as much as almost anybody. They get hurt by no no fans, no home court, you know, advantage because they're one that, that certainly takes advantage of that more than just about anybody. But it was a good win. Trace Jackson Davis gutted it out. He got hurt and uh, and absolutely dominated in the second half when they needed him to. Uh, but I'm with you. you. You need to win those games. Those are the games that, like, you have to win. Yeah, that was a pretty on-brand performance, I think, from Trace Jackson Davis in the sense that uh, he kind of is known a little bit for um, beating up on teams that can't really match up with him inside and maybe not doing as well against teams that have big guys that can match up with him. And if there's one thing that we know about Maryland, it is that they don't really have all that much size on the interior. Um, and to your point, uh, that Maryland is 1-4 and four in the Big Ten right now, right? And they are still a top 50 win on Ken Palm. They're still a quad to win on the net. So uh, that is, that's, I mean, that just kind of tells you exactly what you're going to end up with in the Big Ten, right? You're just going to, they're going to end up having a resume that looks really, really, really good at the end of the day. And if they can get to 500 in league play, which like is probably 
doable for them. I don't know if it's the the safest bet in the world, but I, I can certainly see them getting there. That's that that should be enough to get them in the dance. And and you know, at the end of the day, if you're Archie Miller, <clears throat> um, that fan base is expecting you to be a lot better than you are. Ding. Uh, but um, you have to you have to start somewhere, right? You know, you have to you have yeah, to get, you gotta get in, yeah. right? Get in, and this year you get in, and who the hell knows what's going to happen uh, down in in Indiana, uh, which is where the NCAA tournament was officially uh, announced will be held uh, yesterday at, at several venues, uh, including um, the house that Robbie Hummel built, uh, Mackey Arena. <laughs> the house that Robbie Hummel not right now with Robbie. all the, with all those bricks, huh? <laughs> wow, that's rough. Right. All right, so the the big game of the day yesterday, which is actually something that's probably a little bit more interesting to talk about, is West Virginia coming back from nineteen down in the final eleven minutes to beat Oklahoma State uh, in Stillwater. Um, there are a couple things to take away uh, from this game, and and we definitely need to talk about West Virginia and this new kind of small ball look that they're going after, but. Even in the loss, and even with the fact that they blew like a 19-point lead, I think this was the game where you kind of saw, maybe for the first time, just how special Cade Cunningham has the potential to be. And the reason that I say that is we saw him overpower people going to the basket. We saw the ability that he has to get people off balance with the dribble moves. We saw... Uh, you know, he hit a three um, when someone went under a screen against him. He hit a couple of catch-and-shoot threes. And most importantly, the passing ability, like the, the 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 vision that he has, the one-handed live dribble passes while he's being heavily defended, like all of that stuff uh, showed through as much as in any game that I've seen him play so far this season. Like this this was the first time was where I was really like, well, okay, that is, that's what you're getting when you're getting Kate Cunningham. Yeah, and for me, it brought back kind of the visions of, of every game I saw him in AU ball, where I just walked away saying, oh, my God, like I love this kid because he's just the winner who does whatever it takes uh, to win a game, right? He's got all the intangibles. He makes enough threes. He just gets to the basket and, and makes plays for himself or others, does whatever you need to do. And, and you're watching him last night, and you're like, to me, I'm just saying, please, NCAA, just wait till after the season. Like, like right now, they've got that appeal going on. So if the, if the tournament started tomorrow, Oklahoma State would still be eligible uh, for the NCAA tournament. I'm just praying the NCAA um, furloughs a, a couple more people that are dealing with that case for a little while. And I'll take care of the money. If, if you get furloughed, I'll take care of your paycheck or at least support me and, and Rob and all the money that has been won on this stream through me <laughs> over the last you know month and a half, two months. We can take care of, of, of your salary for a little while if you can just promise to wait on Oklahoma State and let them play uh, in the NCAA tournament if they make it. Well, here's the thing. I, I think that there's an actual chance that they could end up getting this appeal overturned. And it may not matter because I, I don't know if this is a, a tournament team. But I mean, why, why do you say that? Because of what happened with Alabama. I, I would argue that what happened at Alabama – is worse because you basically had uh, someone from the athletic department. And I think it was what, technically an associate AD, I believe was the, the, the job yeah. title doing the exact same thing that Lamont Evans was doing. And Alabama didn't get, uh, didn't get a one. You know why? You know, because you know the why. dude used to work at the NCAA. Cause the NCAA basically referred him. Yes. Referred him. So how can, you know, they're, they're not hammering Alabama there. I just well, don't. That, I mean, that's I, the thing. I, I don't I, think they're going to change it. 
Because I think if you change it with Oklahoma State, now maybe they do. You know, maybe the NCAA in the pandemic and everything that's going on says, you know what, we're not going to hammer people as as hard as as we were. We're going to take it easy on some of these guys and let's just move forward. I, I don't think that happens, but maybe they have a little bit of a heart and they say, you know what, uh, you don't deserve a one-year postseason ban for this. To me, well, they, I they still say the bigger they... thing, Rob, the bigger thing that needs to happen, postseason bans are, 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 are fine for the most egregious issues, right? Like – but ultimately, just hit these schools in, in, where, where it counts, which is money. Just hammer the shit out of them, money-wise, instead of taking hurting kids that had nothing to do with it, um, most of them. That, that, I mean, you're talking three three years ago now. This is stupid. But the biggest problem – you're not even referencing the biggest problem, Jeff. Like The, the whole point of postseason bans is to punish someone for cheating to get a competitive advantage. That is the definition of cheating. What Lamont Evans did was not about getting a competitive advantage. Lamont Evans was trying to line his own damn pockets. Everything that he was doing was for the benefit of yeah. himself and for and at the cost of the yeah. players that he was victimizing. Like he victimized Jeffrey Book by taking a bribe and by 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 referring him to a financial advisor that one Google search would have told you embezzled $2.35 million of his former client's money to make a movie with Misha Barton. That is what this dude did. And then he flipped and he went to the FBI and he said, look, I know that I'm an actual white collar criminal that should be doing uh, five or six years in prison for being a raging asshole. But instead, I'm going to turn you on to a bunch of college basketball coaches that are just operating within the the framework. What a waste of time. What a waste of everybody's time and money this all was. To it be is. Honest. And like the, the biggest thing that I just, it, 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 it frustrates me to no end is Lamont Evans was not doing this for the benefit of anybody other than Lamont Evans. And the people that are actually paying the price right now are going to be people that had absolutely nothing to do with it. Right. And if you want to say, look, Mike Boynton, you have to know what's going on within your program. Yes, I get that. But you also have to understand that Mike Boynton cannot, like, he cannot patrol somebody that well, is he, out there he taking just taken over. He's like, just can't. taken over too. So even the Mike Boynton part of it, like he's mm-hmm. just got the head job. So so I don't even know like if you want to say like Sean Miller, Andy Enfield, Bruce Pearl, all those those guys had been there for a while. And if you want to hit them with suspensions, fine. Albeit right and 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 hammer the hell out of Book and and, and Lamont Evans and Tony Bland. Okay. You know what? Nail them. They're done. They'll never coach again in college basketball. I get all that. But uh, you're right. Listen, they were all basically uh, just trying to make some extra money. And I've heard plenty of stories over the years that this has been part of the deal, right? Like with agents, not only giving them money, but giving them like trips, mm-hmm. giving them like cruise, mm-hmm. you know, like like trips, like all that stuff. What the, If you're an agent, you're trying to get every advantage you can to get a client. So what are you going to do? You're going to pay off the, the people that have the juice. And the people that have the juice, a lot of times, are the college assistant coaches. Yep. And so the the biggest issue here, and then we can go to West Virginia after this, is just that we always harp on the fact that you're punishing people that didn't commit the crime. And that's just the way that it is always going to work in college sports because you can't find the people themselves once they leave the uh, like leave the sport. Like if you're an assistant that got caught in trouble with recruiting stuff. Um, and you you leave and you go somewhere else like the NCAA can't find you. That's just not how it works. Well, so, Orlando early. Orlando early is a great example, right? Yeah, the, the only way that now he's can... in the NBA and and he's never going to talk to to the NCAA. He yeah. doesn't need to. He's done. Yeah, and so like you can't actually punish the people that committed the crime. So the only thing that you can do is punish the institutions so that they 
police themselves and they say, okay, we're not going to allow this to happen because if we do, then as a university and as an entity, we're going to get punished. But like that, that only works to a certain point, especially when you have these guys out there that are willing to do to, to, to I mean, look, I think it's dumb that it was a criminal act, but it, it really was a criminal act. Like Lamont Evans went to prison for what he did. He went to prison. And we're worried about the like Oklahoma State is or the NCAA is worried about taking away a, po- a year in the postseason because one guy accepted a bunch of bribes that had nothing to do. He didn't bring anyone to the program. It had nothing to do with recruiting. All right, let's, move back money to let's get back out. Oh, it gets me all fired. West up. Virginia. All right, let's go. West Virginia. Um, His bribe was good. Culver was dominant. Uh, no, no big sheep. And honestly. I think it's more effective as long as Culver plays the way he he did he did and and he started off a little slow but ended up with twenty two and nineteen. I, I thought Deuce McBride was was kind of the key um, in, in the second half. He was great down the stretch. And again, West Virginia is a team that they got to get into a rhythm somehow. They got to be able to score points and they can't keep fighting from behind. They did it against Oklahoma, fought back, tied the game, lost last night. They fight back. They end up winning big win again. Uh, I don't completely trust West Virginia, but I do want Bob Huggins to go in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I'm I'm bullish on them long term, just because I think that like they have to change what they're doing, right? What they what they were before was kind of this team that was built around being, you know, uh, possession by possession, half court. We're going to go attack the glass. We're going to just beat you up physically, and that's not what they are right now. They got to they're going to be playing more spread. They're going to put four shooters around Derek Culver. Uh, they need to be able to get up and down more. I mean, Fran was talking about it on the broadcast last night. They got to kind of embrace uh, the press Virginia mentality a little bit. And and that's going to be tough when you don't have Javon Carter and you don't have Daxter Miles kind of anchoring everything. Kedrin right. Johnson was good last night. Mm-hmm. He was really, really good. Like I was, imp- I didn't know much about him, uh, but he played hard as shit. Like he, he fits the press Virginia kind of that mantra. Yep. I mean, Tash Sherman made some shots. Um, the, uh, the, uh, uh, what's his name? Jalen Bridges made shots the other night against Oklahoma. So like, I don't think it's a coincidence with the way that this roster is built that when West Virginia kind of went into scramble mode, the last two games Mm -hmm. is when you saw them have the most success. So why not try to make that scramble mode stuff happen before you're down by 20 points? Right. You know? So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm bullish on them long-term. I don't think they're going to be necessarily as good as we thought they could be like when they had big sheep. But I do think that like long-term they're going to be better than what we've seen the last two games. So I still think that they're like in, in a month we're going to look up and they're still going to be a top 15 team. Big game today. What you got? What's the biggest one? Uh, BU playing Holy Cross. Both teams wearing masks today. Big one. (laughs) Yesterday it was weird watching it. I don't know if you watched any of it, but I I flipped it on for a little while and uh, it was just strange watching BU play with masks, Holy Cross not uh, wearing masks. Now, today the games at BU, so all the games at BU. Both Everyone's got to wear a mask. Both teams have to wear them. But they weren't wearing them above the nose. They were They were counting. Some people were wearing them to here. Some people were wearing them under here. So it'd be interesting. Maybe I'll try to talk to, um, to a player uh, after that of, like, what it's like. Maybe we'll get a BU player on one of our pods, what it's like playing with masks. Now, again – is there much of an effect if you're just playing with it over your face as opposed to having to play I mean, with it? Over it your is. Face. I'm sure it's a distraction. You know, it's the same thing when, when people have the masks on, when they break their nose, like it, it messes everybody up. So I'm sure it's a thing, but it's also, I mean, I, I get why they're doing it. 
you know, I went on this rant the other day, but like, yeah, but if you're, if, if you're playing the game anyway, okay. So you're playing the game at Holy cross, they're not wearing masks. Why the hell are you mandating? They, they, they wear masks when they come to be you a day later. Like you just play it in when they didn't wear masks. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, honestly, the, the, the fact that we're, 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 we're playing sports, right? Like we weren't, we're, we're not allowed to gather in big groups to go travel for Christmas, to go travel for Thanksgiving, but we're oh, allowed to yeah. gather in big groups and travel to play basketball games for so unpaid amateurs are able to go and make money for universities in the NCAA. Like the whole thing is just, it's, but I, I'm but, laughing. It's not funny, it's, but it's just 95% ridiculous. of the teams are playing according yeah. to one stick boy. Uh, anyway, um, they, they that's the I think that's the first time we've gotten that on this this stream. Uh, uh, all right, so tonight's uh, tonight's games. Um, let's. I, I kind of want to start with Rutgers at Michigan State because this is a line that makes absolutely no sense to me. Michigan State is uh, is giving Rutgers two points, and Jeffrey, tell me why I shouldn't bet the entire account on Rutgers plus two. Because when you look across. Um, the court, and you're Steve Peichel, and you see Tom Izzo. You you just worry. You just you can't feel great about it. You can feel good about it, but you cannot feel great about putting your house uh, on on everything on on Rutgers here. You just can't. Like I get it. I just think, and and I understand like the Michigan State respect, no matter what, right? I mean, Kentucky's got it too. If you look at their line, we'll talk about it in a little bit. They've got it too. The name does carry some weight uh, with regards to to betters, um, and, and I think that's the case here with Michigan State being a one and a half point favorite. Uh, they're at home, but there's not a huge home court advantage. Obviously, Rutgers is clearly the better team. They've got Ron Harper Jr. back. Um, it's a stay away from me because it just it just scares the hell out of me. Um, even though Michigan State isn't very good. And Rutgers, so, I, I, it's not a stay away from me. It's my it's my favorite bet of the day. Um, Rutgers is favored by one on Ken Palm. Uh, they are a better defensive team. They are everything. much better offensively. They have better guards. They yeah. have the best player. On everything. The if you and line like, it up, the only thing you're giving the advantage to is coaching for Michigan State. And and like yeah, you are, but it's also Steve Peichel's pretty damn good at his job. I know, you but know? he's not coming. Yes, no, I no, I, I get what you're saying, but it's, it's not like. like it's like he's coaching against some schlump who, you know, AAU coach or something like that with a big cowboy hat on. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like who I could throw out there that that wouldn't get pissed at me if I said if I said his name. Uh, Mark like Godfrey out there. Mark Godfrey. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's not like <laughs> where's the picture? Get the picture out. Actually, no, actually, don't don't get the picture. Thanks too much work. Um, yeah, but I just I, I love I love Rutgers in this spot. I, you have to assume eventually Michigan State is going to figure it out. Like Aaron Henry had twenty seven against Nebraska, and they started AJ Hoggard at the point, and um, he ended yeah. up being pretty good. He had five assists and one turnover, but it was also against Nebraska. Right. So um, I I don't think that they're back yet. That I mean they they still have major issues at the five. They still have like we're, we're starting a freshman point guard because Rocket Watts can't do it and Foster Lawyer just isn't good enough. Yeah, um, Aaron Henry. Like, it, I'll, I'll tell you what: if Aaron Henry has kind of figured things out, then I think that that changes some things for him. Um, but I, I still, I, there's no way, no way in my mind that Rutgers should be getting two points in this spot. So it's just there's too much value there for me. Um, okay. I'll be I'll be on the Rutgers money line 
um, to be able to get that done. So uh, the next game that I wanted to talk about, because I really want your take on this, and I don't even know if you've thought about it yet, but Missouri minus two at Mississippi State, because I know what you're going to say. I, I know, it's I know a sucker bet. It looks like a sucker bet. That's what I'm going to say. I mean, like, this this one looks even worse, to me, way worse than Rutgers-Michigan State. Like, Ben Howland isn't Tom Izzo, number one. And I think Missouri is every bit uh, as good as Rutgers right now. I, I do. I, I feel like they're getting no respect here. So if you like Rutgers, to me, Rob Doster, you have to love Mizzou in this spot. So, no, I don't. Okay. I'm on, I'm I'm on the Mississippi State money line here. Yeah. I already my bet in. Um, it's it's plus one twelve, and and here's why. So my first inclination was like, why the hell is Missouri only minus two? Yeah, against Mississippi State. But you take a deeper dive into it, right? Uh, Mississippi State lost their first two games of the season to Clemson and Liberty, who both have turned out to be pretty good teams. Yeah. They're good defensively. Sure. Um, and those game they that that came without their leading scorer Iverson Molinar. Um, what Mississippi State does offensively is they kind of let Iverson and, and DJ Stewart go out there and rock. Like both those guys are averaging 18 points a game on a team that that averages like 60 possessions. Like they give it to their two guys, they let them go make plays, and that's kind of what they do. So if they're missing one of them, then they're probably going to lose against well-coached, good defensive teams. Yeah. So um, they're six and four on the season overall. We just talked about two of their losses. Their other yeah. two losses at Dayton in yeah. double overtime. Which I mean, Dayton's not great, but it, it, on the road against a, a pretty good Atlantic Ten team in double yeah. overtime is not like a horrible loss. And then at home the other day in double overtime to Kentucky in a game where some guy off the bench comes in and scores twenty three points in, in, in the second half. So um, there there are two losses where they didn't have their leading score, and it's two kind of fluke double overtime losses. So to me, like yes, they're six and four, but I think that they might be a little undervalued at this point. So let's go to the actual matchup itself. What Missouri wants to do offensively is they, they run ball screen after ball screen after ball screen. And when they go up against teams that cannot guard those ball screens, like Illinois with Kofi Coburn or Arkansas with Connor Vanover at the five, then they can really get it going. And Jared Tillman has an awesome day and, and they look awesome and they look unbelievable. When they go up against teams that actually know how to guard ball screens, like a Bradley, like a Tennessee, then Missouri looks like they have no idea what they're doing offensively. Now, Mississippi State is not as good as Tennessee offensively. But if you go back and look at their synergy numbers, this is how it kind of breaks down. When they go up against ball screens, they're really good against the ball handler, and they're really good when that ball handler tries to throw the ball back to the roll man because they really just help off, and they they force you to make kick-out uh, passes, and then they try to run you off the three-point line. Well, Missouri shoots 27% uh, from three on the season. Like the, the whole reason that they struggle with anything except ball screens is because they can't shoot. They can't space the floor. So to me, like the matchup just kind of screams, okay, well, Mississippi State does all these things well, and they're going, they're undervalued, and they're going up against a Missouri team that just, uh, that, that won a game because they completely took advantage of the one matchup that they won't be able to take advantage of against Mississippi State. So I love the Bulldogs in the spot. I'll be on the money line here as well. All right, I'm going to make it real simple for everybody watching. Uh, Mississippi State got a combined 42 points out of Iverson Mol Molinar and DJ Stewart against Georgia, okay? They both played well. They, they actually shot 16 of 34. Um, <laughs> they, they played very well. Do you know what happened in that game? They lost, they lost to Georgia. Georgia stinks. Missouri would beat Georgia by 50. <laughs> I'm taking Missouri as much as you love Rutgers. 
That's how much right. I love Missouri. All right. See, I knew. I for, for the people that are watching and listening right now, I texted Jeff this morning. I was like, "We're gonna we're gonna go at it over a couple picks today." So this was this is absolutely. I right. hate your pick at Mississippi State. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. And I'm probably gonna get around, man, because you're 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 at like a sixty point three percent clip on the season. And I'm Forty just, games over five hundred. I just broke five hundred because I went four and three yesterday. So you're, you're probably <laughs> you probably want to listen to Jeff. But uh, well, in my head, I'm not head, saying that. I'm not saying head, that. I'm in my head, saying, that analysis makes sense. I'm just right. saying this one. I, I really like Missouri in this right. one. We have a lot of other games today. Yeah, let's get um, through. Let's let's stick with the, the the high major ones and just kind of roll through them real quick. Yeah. Uh, you got any tech, uh, any take on um, Kansas State? At Texas Tech, Texas Tech laying 15 and a half. I mean, yeah, I, listen, if I'm doing it, I'm laying the points. I, I think Kansas State stinks. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I guess I will. Yeah, I, I. you know what? I'm convincing myself to take Texas Tech. What is it, minus 16? Yeah, I, I mean, I Kansas State stinks, but that game, that total is 125. And Whoa. that's a lot of points against, in a, against a team that, like, has not been very good. Offensively, there's one thing you know about Bruce Weber teams is like they're going to at least compete on the defensive end. So yeah, I'm not touching it after after second thought. I'm 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 not touching it. It's, it's a same like, like a 64 to 50 final or something like that. Yeah, that's what it's going to be, and, and Kansas State is going to cover because the yeah. game's going to be played in the in the 50s. All right, um, I hate those late. I hate those games late where again it's like you know 16 points spread. You know Texas Tech has clearly won the game. They're putting in their, their scrubs at the end and they blow it for you. Like I just I hate that. And that's what that's what you're gonna rely on in that game. So there, like, there's, there's nothing better than a good sweat hoping that a walk on misses the the jumper. Right. 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, I, I, right. I haven't listen, I haven't gotten the full scout from Chris Beard on his scout team on his walk on. So until I get that, I can't I can't feel good about giving six. All right. Clemson minus five against NC State. <sighs> Boy. I want to go Clemson so bad here, but but I also feel like, again, like this is going to be a close game. Like I think Clemson wins, but I think NC State covers. So, man, oh boy, I I don't know. Again, I feel like I'm I'm I, I don't love this one. I'm going to pass on this one. But if I if I took it, I would probably take the points in NC State. I, I think I would lean towards Clemson here, but it's a pure stay away for me because it's all going to depend on who can uh, assert control over the game. And I just, I don't trust either point guard enough to have like a good feel on, on who's going to like Clemson wants to play slow and grind it out defensively. NC state wants to press you and force turnovers and get out and run. So, um, and I think both, both teams have like, both teams are very, very good at forcing turnovers. Both teams have very big question marks at the point guard spot. So it's a pure stay away from me. Uh, Alabama minus three at home against Florida. You know where I'm going with this. Florida? No, I'm going Alabama. You, Alabama. you know I like Alabama. I've liked them all year. I, you know, I'm hoping it's not going to be a one-off here where where they revert back uh, to, to the Alabama. Like, they're just, again, the thing that worries me with Alabama is you don't always know what you're going to get. But, man, they were good the other day against your boys from, from Tennessee and uh, blasted the shit out of them. I, I, I got to go Bama here. Give him three – Little much, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take Bama. So I'm the, the only thing that worries me is that the way Bama plays kind of plays into what Florida wants to do, like get up and down the floor. 
Um, it allowed Trey Mann to get out and run and Scotty Lewis to kind of be effective in transition. Um, I like the over here. I, I just think that it's going to be one of those games that is like watching a Metro. That's actually a good one. What's the over? What is it? 154.5. It's a lot of points, but um, I think that I think that we're going to – I like the over in that spot. All right. Uh, Kentucky minus 11.5 um, at home against Vanderbilt. Are you uh, riding the Dante Allen bounce back? No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the points here. I'm going to get 12. And I'm, I'm taking Vandy here. All right. I, I don't love Vandy. In fact, I don't like Vandy at all. But ultimately, yes, I think Dante Allen is going to probably return to earth a little bit. And unless Brandon Boston gets going, I just think Kentucky, like, that's a lot of points to give. Do you see Kentucky scoring 75 points? Like, they need to score 75. I mean, it's it's the perfect uh, it's the perfect sell high spot in Kentucky. They'll probably win. It'll probably be a close game. Kentucky has not blown anybody out. They've won two games. They've, yeah, yeah, I was going to say they haven't blown anybody out. They've won two friggin' yeah. games. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it's did you like my tweet last night? My tweet last night that they're 144 in the net. 143 is Sanford, which is uh, the AD is Martin. You love, you, you, love you, you make fun of Nori so much for loving the net, but you love the net. All right. Texas minus 12 at, at home against Iowa State. Um, well, I'm not taking Iowa State. That's for damn sure. If I took anybody, it would be Texas. But coming off that win against Kansas, I'm staying away from that one. Yeah, um, it, it feels like a good sell high spot, yeah. but like you don't want to be on Iowa State. Uh, mm-hmm. North Carolina – um, at Miami, Chris Likes will not be playing. Miami is getting two points. I will take North Carolina then. If Chris Likes is not playing, I will take North Carolina in that one. I, I just think their bigs uh, are going to be too much for Miami to handle. Poor Nasir Brooks. Uh, it, it, he's going to feel like like it's just like a boxing match, and they just keep coming at him, and they keep pounding at him, and eventually he's going to go down and fall. Uh, so I like Carolina in this one. Uh, yeah, I like Carolina there as well, even though it never feels comfortable betting on this Carolina team. Uh, UCF getting a point at home against Memphis. I'm assuming that we're both going to be on the UCF money line there. No, because you, you don't know. Like, I feel like at some point Memphis is going to uh, surprise some people and get a couple good wins. I don't know when it's going to be, but again, Memphis is one of those teams that I just don't feel comfortable. And UCF isn't very good. Like, they just lost to USF. So, like, I'm no, I. I Actually, I'm going to go Memphis. I'm going to go Memphis in that one. How's that? You go UCF. I'm not taking. I'm not betting it. Okay, I'm going to go Memphis. I'm not taking it. Uh, here's another one of the picks that I actually do like is UConn at Marquette. Um, the UConn money line is plus 104. They are getting a point and a half. Uh, I just don't think Marquette is very good. Um, they've lost three of their last four games and four of their last six. Uh, the game that they just won came at Georgetown when they had to come back from like 13 down in the first half to win that game. Um, they also won at Marquette, or I'm sorry, at uh, at Creighton, and they've beaten Wisconsin. But I, I don't know. I just think that the two things that UConn does best really match up well with what um, with what Marquette wants to do. Uh, UConn can chase people off the three point line really, really effectively. Marquette shoots 38 percent from three, and they pound the offensive glass. They're sec- second nationally in offensive rebounding percentage, and Marquette has been has not been good on the defensive boards. Um, this season. So you put all that together. I think UConn goes in there. First game of a three-game road trip in the Big East, and they go into Milwaukee, and they pick off the Golden Eagles. Yeah, I, listen, if I'm if I'm doing anything, I'm going with uh, I'm going with UConn, but I'm not touching that one either. I, I like a couple others. Uh, anything else that we've forgotten about? Kansas, TCU, 
Kansas giving six at TCU. I feel like TCU's record against Bill Self, though, is pretty – like they've beaten him a couple times uh, in Fort Worth. So, you know, I, I, I'm going to go Kansas. No, I'm not. Actually, I'm not because Marcus Garrett is hurt. Um, he's day-to-day. So, honestly, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait till right before the game. If Marcus Garrett's playing, maybe I'll take Kansas, but I'm not touching it yet. Yeah, I, I thought that the line would be closer to like three and a half or four. And I was like, that's a really good buy low spot in Kansas. And then it, uh, I see it at six. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I don't want to take it at six. So um, it'll be a stay away from me as well. There are three other lines that I do want to mention. We've been doing this whole uh, this whole fade the back-to-backs, right? Yeah, it um, hasn't worked yesterday, by the way. Yeah, it worked, it worked in three of the four. It did? Yeah, it worked in three of the four. Um but we also messed it up once because Monmouth covered, and then we decided to bet on Monmouth again instead right. of betting on Siena to cover. So that's where we made the mistake. So it worked on three of the four. We just were two and two on the bet. So uh, Holy Cross covered, I think it was, was it nine and a half yesterday. Yeah. So they are up against um, Boston BU. Uh, BU tonight. BU's laying 13 and a half, which means we got to be on Boston University. Yeah. I'm um, and then the other one is Gardner Webb against Campbell. Campbell beat Gardner Webb as an underdog last night. Uh, they are playing at Gardner Webb today at three o'clock. Gardner Webb is laying four and a half, so you got to be on the Gardner Webb, whatever they're called. Are they, what are they? Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Fighting, Bulldogs. Fighting Chris Clemens. Craft. Tim Craft. The fighting Tim Crafts. The fighting. Uh, the fighting. Um, Chris Clemens. Oh wait, I better not. I better not say that because yeah, uh, somebody's going to yell at you on the. On someone's going to accuse me of of stealing stuff from. All right, I, I like BU as well. Um, we know what happens when Ford in place, right? What, what happened? That's, that's, the, that's the other one that I have written down. Right. Gordon <laughs> plays Mustafa Amzil. Is that his name? This freshman <laughs> from Dayton who's been killing it? Ask Sully. <laughs> yeah, no, he's been killing it. And obviously Jalen Crutcher. They haven't been good, but they've been really shorthanded, Dayton. Uh, I think they'll take their frustrations out on, on poor Jeff Neubauer today. And then uh, here's one for you. Ready? Ready? Here's my, my total wild card one. Total wild card. I'm I'm ready. I'm, I'm, taking, I'm taking Northern Illinois and the money line plus nine oh five, plus nine oh five. You heard me right. It's nine fifty. Nine fifty. Okay, nine even better. I'm gonna get it right when we get off against Ohio. Ohio, we know doesn't have Jason Preston, right? They're pretty good. Northern Illinois just fired their coach, uh, Mark Montgomery, and uh, sometimes, so oftentimes actually, after a firing like this, the troops rally. And they come up with this performance. It's just like out of mind. And I think that's what's going to happen here with Northern Illinois. I think they're going to pull off the greatest upset in the history of Northern Illinois basketball. And they're going to beat Ohio without Jason Preston, Ohio's best player and one of the best mid-major players in the country. And that's going to uh, get you guys a lot of money. They they call that the new coach bounce. Um, new coach bounce. I like, I like the logic. Yeah. Uh, I, I also – like the 15 points, if, uh, if I'm going to be <laughs> on Northern Illinois. That Probably spot. a smarter man than me on that one. But I, I just it's worth a, it's just worth a roll of the dice for me. Yep. All right. So uh, give me your picks and we'll get out of here. All right. Picks. Mizzou. Mizzou better win. If they don't win, I'm going to be so pissed off tonight that you, you got that. I'm so pissed. Um, Alabama. Vandy. North Carolina. I'm going to take Memphis. I'm, I'm, I'm riding with you, Penny. Come through tonight, baby. BU, um, Gardner Webb, Tim fighting Tim Crafts, Dayton, and then I'm I'm taking a little uh, Northern Illinois 
in a big money line. I mean, that's that's like giving me a loss, by the way. Like, like think about that. I'm taking a loss. Oh, we, we won't count that one. That'll just be we'll count yeah. the we'll count it as the plus okay. fifteen. But you're calling your shot. Okay. We'll, we'll let you call your shot. All right. So that, I mean, it's a no loss scenario for you. Because you're just calling right. your shot, and if they don't totally. lose, whatever. Totally. I like oh, wow, fifteen point underdog didn't win a basketball game. I'm fucking shocked. Um, all right, for my picks, I like uh, I like BU laying thirteen and a half. Yeah. Uh, Gardner Webb laying four and a half. Um, I'm gonna take Dayton because you know you got to fade Fordham. Yeah. Um, it's twelve and a half right now, so that's what I'm gonna be able to get it at. Uh, I am taking the Florida Alabama over. Um, I am on the Rutgers money line. I am on the Yukon money line and I'm on the Mississippi state money line. So that's, uh, I got seven in there today. I'm telling you that Mississippi state game is going to be a fucking war. You know, what's gonna happen? you know, what's going to happen. Missouri's going to win by one. So you don't cover and I don't win the money. I, I don't, I don't that would be the worst scenario. Ever. Awful. Ever. We both lose. I mean, that's just, that, that'd be, if that boring. happens, we're going to have two new people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, producer producer Mitch is going to be taking over that's right exactly <laughs> if that happens Mitch be ready in the bullpen yeah there you go um all right guys we'll see you again tomorrow Jeffrey happy betting I hope you get some winners and I hope you hit that 950 money line bet <laughs> me too <laughs>